0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start
1: your
0: For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave have a good day, I'm right, Dave Buchanan.
2: Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening as always. Good to be back after the uh, Sunday, uh, last Sunday off because of the Easter holiday. Hope you had a great one. I sure did with my family. But good to be back on the air and great to be talking about racing. And even greater to have been at a racetrack yesterday. How awesome was it if you had a chance to to go to your local short track this weekend and just be back among your friends with the noise, the smell, the the senses of being at the races. Nothing beats that, and uh, it was great yesterday. For me, at Lancaster Speedway, season opener yesterday, Uh, great turnout of cars, over 70 cars in the pits, and a great afternoon of racing. I know Merrittville got their season opener. Uh, A couple other tracks, too. I know some tracks, though, had issues with the weather because of all the rain that fell Thursday and Friday. But uh, just great to be back watching racing and, and me personally announcing racing, too. Uh, just fantastic. And, and if you were at a race this weekend, I'd love to hear from you. 80, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Just uh, your story on going back to the track here in 2017 and getting a chance to be back at the races. If you were getting to your local track for the first time this season, I'd love to hear from you this morning at eight oh three oh five fifty one. 888 550 2550. You can also send us a tweet. We're on Twitter uh, at Fast Track 550 and uh, Facebook too, Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. Coming up on today's program, besides your phone calls, those are most important. We'd love to hear from you. But coming up uh, at quarter past, we're going to head out to Thunder Valley, the Bristol Motor Speedway, where, weather permitting, we're going to have an NASCAR race today at the Bristol Motor Speedway, the Fu- Food City 500. And you can catch the race right here on WGR Today. Coverage is going to start at 1 o'clock, courtesy of our friends at the Performance Racing Network. And speaking of PRN, our guest at 11.15 is none other than Doug Rice, the man there at PRN. Uh, Doug uh, will join us this morning, give us a weather update, unfortunately, but we'll check in with him and uh, talk about the uh, r- racing action this weekend at Bristol regardless. And uh, actually, I-, I won't be surprised by the time we get off the air at uh, 12 noon this afternoon that we may know if this race is even going to happen today because uh, it has been a-, a deluge out there at Bristol already this morning and, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better Uh, Throughout the day, even with the lights at Bristol, uh, apparently they might not get the race in today and we might be talking about some Monday afternoon racing at Bristol. But stay tuned. If uh, that announcement comes while we're on the air, we will pass it along. If not, you will find out more at one o'clock when we pick up the coverage from uh, the Performance Racing Network. Also on today's program coming up at the bottom of the hour, as I said, the local racing season now getting into full swing here in the area. And we continue our local racing season preview with Jen Martin from the Ransomville Speedway. The Dirt Track up in Niagara County, and Jen is the new general manager for 2017. So we'll talk to Jen. A lot of exciting things happening at the Big R uh, under the uh, ownership of the Atwall family, their second year at the helm of that legendary Dirt Oval. A big event coming back to the Big R this season, and, and more facility upgrades too. So we'll talk to Jen Martin at uh, about 11.35 here this morning on the program and get a season preview for what's happening At the Ransomville Speedway. But again, phone lines are open here right off the bat. 803-0551-888-550-2550. And again, I would uh, love to hear hear from you this morning if you had a chance to get to your favorite local racetrack this weekend because nothing uh, beats being at the races. And I think that is the best way to experience this sport for as much as we talk about television and ratings or a lack thereof uh, with the, the national motorsports scene uh, nothing beats going in person. And I think, uh, if you take someone to the races, uh, it makes a fan out of them. Even if they've never been to a race, never watched a race before on TV, I think just taking them and letting them experience it in person is the best way to make a race fan, whether it's taking them to a NASCAR race or an IndyCar race or an NHRA national event, or just taking them to your local short track and letting them experience firsthand and seeing their local heroes, uh, do battle on the race trick. So as we get kick kick off this 2017 local racing season again, we we'll just you know want to chat, get your experiences, uh what what you like about going to the local races and uh what what you t- had a chance to uh see this weekend. Of course, with uh the Bristol race and the challenge that has been the Bristol Motor Speedway uh for for race fans over the last I don't know, what how long has this been going on now? De- uh, maybe we're close to a decade, I'm not sure. I've lost count, but this Ever-changing racing surface at the Bristol Motor Speedway, when they put in new concrete and they put in progressive banking, it really changed the dynamics of the Bristol Motor Speedway. And no longer like you had in the uh, 80s and 90s there when they made the switch from from asphalt to concrete there at Bristol – where everybody just lined up on the bottom and it was one big conveyor belt of race cars or one big conga line of race cars that just ran around the bottom of that bristol motor speedway for 500 laps and the only way you were going to pass somebody is if you were going to give them the boot to the back bumper to move them out of your way because it was a one-lane racetrack down on the bottom and it made for many memorable moments throughout the years and all the crashes that happened because of that style of racing, which made it such a fan favorite, which made it why they had a waiting list for tickets for the night race for a number of years. That style of racing that was so popular, fans, that went away when they resurfaced Bristol and made changes. And uh, and it the preferred racing line at Bristol went from the bottom of the speedway to the top of the speedway, up along the outside wall, because that's where they, drivers found the speed with the way the banking had been reshaped. That everybody ran up along the outside wall, and no longer was the Bristol bump and run the preferred method of passing cars at Bristol. And you saw fewer crashes, and uh, it really set Bristol back. You could still, you could kind of get the the kind of like a dirt track esque slide job to pass a guy where you kind of barrel in there, dive it down to the bottom, and then kind of sweep up in front of them in the corner that might be your best option of passing but it became a one lane it was it remained a one lane racetrack for the most part but it was up along the wall and that made it a, a even more of a challenge to pass cars and uh, it was a lot harder to to use that front bumper to make a pass and that quickly or not quickly but over that this last decade or so on top of all the other challenges NASCAR has has had with filling racetracks throughout the circuit even bristol fell victim to this trend whether it was the economy collapse in the uh, you know 2008 or whatnot uh, other factors that went into it the on track product at bristol motor speedway definitely led to a decrease in ticket sales and no longer do you need to sit on a waiting list to get tickets for the night race you could Walk up on race day and buy those tickets. What used to be the hottest ticket in the sport no longer wasn't so hot, and a lot of fans said they missed they missed the days of Dale Earnhardt rattling the cage of Terry Labonte, or you know all the other great battles they had throughout the '80s and '90s with Daryl Waltrip and Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt Terry Labani all those great battles, Rusty Wallace, uh, that those guys had back in the day, and it it really affected ticket sales. So Bruton Smith and the folks at Speedway Motorsports, uh, SMI, they they took notice and they've been trying to correct that for the last couple of years. They ground down the top end of the Speedway to take out some of that banking uh, on the outside groove. That sort of helped, but still the outside line was the place to go. The newest trick for them that we saw last year and into this year was the fact that they started laying down a traction compound. VHT is the technical name for it and apply that to the bottom, dragging tires across it to, to build up the rubber on that bottom line. And apparently that has done the trick because we saw yesterday in the Xfinity Series race, and we'll talk more about this with Doug Rice in just a couple of minutes, uh, that it's back to the way it was apparently because the bottom lane is the fast way around Bristol. The preferred lane is everybody's lining up on the bottom. However, it's not completely... Uh, out of the realm for a guy to use the outside. You saw a little bit of that on the on the uh on the Xfinity race yesterday. Guys like Kyle Larson who love running that outside lane, they tried to, they're trying to go back up there and use that outside lane. So there is the possibility of a two groove racetrack, which I think will improve the product because I'm not a fan of just bumping a guy out of the way to make the pass. It, it makes for exciting moments. It makes for drama, but does it make for a good race overall? I don't know. I'm not a I don't think so. Yet yeah, you get you get drama which is what NASCAR fans crave, but for me, from how I view the sport, uh, it doesn't do much for me. Uh, so the outside line is a possibility, although with all the rain, that's going to wash everything off the track. You know, who knows if the outside line is going to be viable for the Cup race. But the other good thing about this, though, the fact that it, the the groove is back on the bottom, and they've applied this VHT and this traction compound. Uh, it, the drivers don't like it and it seems like whenever the drivers don't like uh, the track conditions that always makes for an exciting race as well uh, after the cup cars had their practice session on Friday you saw a couple drivers take to Twitter notice most noticeably points leader Kyle Larson and said what the heck's going on what have they done to this place I don't like this so that could make for a more exciting race if and when we get this race in whether it's today or tomorrow afternoon uh, it could be uh, quite a handful for some drivers, and uh, patience might be uh, at a minimum when uh, we get going at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Throw into that, this is the first Bristol race with the stage format. Uh, we saw at uh, at Martinsville um, in Texas, we, we've seen points, uh, stage points come into play for strategy. We saw Ryan Blaney stay out to win a stage. Instead of going to the pits, which got him a stage win and a playoff point, but in the end cost him an overall race win and a, a max amount of point, uh, playoff points he could have earned by uh, going with a, diff- a long term strategy to win the race versus a short term strategy. You know, I didn't think that's going to definitely come into play. Your stages are 125 laps, 125 laps, and then 250 laps uh, for the Bristol race. So we'll see. How much if that continues to be in effect? Because it seems like every week that becomes more of a more more and more of, of part of the storyline is the stages and guys choosing to stay out versus uh you know guys coming down pit road. Is it? A, are you thinking for the end of the race? Or are you thinking for the end of the stage? It depends how desperate you are for points. I guess you see it a lot in the Xfinity series already. You see uh, Xfinity regulars; they're more willing to stay out at the end of a stage. To earn points because they're running for a championship, whereas the cup guy that comes down to run the Xfinity race or maybe it's a, a truck driver that's moved up for a race to run the Xfinity race they're more likely to come down pit road cuz they're thinking about going for the win at the end of the day cuz they don't need the stage points they don't need playoff points with a stage win so they're looking at a long term whereas uh you know someone like like a, a Daniel Hemrick that runs regularly in the Xfinity race and he won uh, the dash for cash portion of the race yesterday didn't win the overall race but he you know those guys are more likely to stay out, so they could earn more playoff points, and uh, you know, earn uh, those those stage points to to help them in the overall season championship. So I, I think that is going to be a huge uh, thing weighing on the minds of crew chiefs today at Bristol or tomorrow at Bristol, whenever uh, we uh, get going green uh, at the uh, the Bristol uh, Motor Speedway this afternoon for today's race, the Food City 500, which you'll hear right here on WGR. Uh, 803-0551, 550 if you'd like to chime in this morning. Well, joining us right now on the at t Hotline is one of the voices you'll hear on today's broadcast of the Bristol Race, live on WGR starting at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Doug Rice from the Performance Racing Network is on the line. Doug, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning.
0: Hey, Dave. Good morning from a, a very soggy
2: Bristol Motor Speedway. That is not good news on on a race day. Uh, It has been a pretty rough weekend in Thunder Valley, it appears, Doug, and uh, today is not looking good, unfortunately, to get the race in, it sounds like.
0: No, uh, I'll be honest. I will be very, very surprised if we race today. It has been raining since last night, and the entire state of Tennessee on the weather
2: radar is green. So I should be telling our board op uh, that we might be going back to alternate programming this afternoon on WGR.
0: Might not be the worst plan. Yeah, because, I mean, it looks, it, it looks like we're going to be socked in. I will be shocked if we get any racing in here today. And that's a disappointment, especially for the fans, because, you know, they, they invest a lot of time and money, and this is going to hurt
2: them. Yeah, no one ever wins when a race has to be postponed or delayed. Uh, Well, besides the weather, the other big topic this weekend, Doug, of course, has been the racetrack and the work that the folks at the Bristol Motor Speedway have done to the racing surface, putting down that uh, VHT, traction compound, whatever you want to call it, on the lower lane. And it has certainly uh, changed things dramatically and given the Bristol Motor Speedway kind of an old-school feel where that bottom lane is the preferred groove.
0: Dave, I thought the racing yesterday even though it's kind of in fits and starts in the Xfinity race, was excellent. I I enjoyed watching it. The bottom was the preferred, but if you had to go up in the top groove, you could make that work too. And you you saw people doing the old Bristol bump and run (laughs) yesterday. First time we've seen that in a long time
2: yeah and that it sounds like that's what fans have been clamoring for you know we we they they changed the banking and they put that progressive banking in where the top lane was the only lane around the racetrack and, and obviously a, a two groove racetrack is the best way to go and and you're right we saw that past the lead eric jones made, and that was kind of classic bristol where he just bumped ryan out of the way and was able to to make that big pass for the win
0: yeah and you know ryan ryan fully admitted hey uh i would have done the same thing you know cuz there's, there, when there's only one way to get around, that's all you got. But, I, you know, I, I like the feel for it. I think this is going to be, whenever we do get to race, I think it'll be a fun race. They'll probably put some more of the compound down to replace what gets washed off by this rain.
2: Indeed, Doug Rice joining us from the Performance Racing Network. Uh, speaking of Ryan Blaney, he is off to a, a great start in the Cup Series, driving for the Wood Brothers, and and of course they get some help from the, the Penske folks as well. But just from what you've seen, and maybe if you've talked to him at all this season, what do you think about that young man and what he's been able to do for that Wood Brothers organization this year?
0: I'm, I'm you know, I'm a big proponent of Ryan Blaney. I think he's smart. He's got uh, a great presence about him and he can drive. I, I think, Dave, I think there's a potential for him to be a huge star in the sport. I really do.
2: Yeah, it seems like more when, not if, when he's going to get uh, his first yeah. win in the the Monster Energy Cup Series, because he has been doing a great job. Uh, comes in today, sixth in points. Of course, today's field set by points because qualifying was rained out. That means Kyle Larson is on the pole for today's race, Doug. And Kyle uh, is off to a great start as well. Already got a, a win in his bank for uh, this season to qualify him for the playoffs. What do you think's been the, the biggest key? Is it is it something that Chip Ganassi Racing has found? Do you think Kyle's maturing as a driver? Uh, maybe all the seat time he gets in the Xfinity Series. What do you think has been the, the biggest factor I, for the 42 team?
0: Probably a mix of both things that you said there. I think he is, he's growing up as a driver. He's maturing. He's figuring out, okay, I can't win the race in the first 20 laps, but I sure can't lose it then. So I think he, he's made the move to that point. And Chip Ganass is bringing better race cars to the track. They're bringing faster cars. I mean, uh, all you got to do is look at his teammate Jamie McMurray. He's mm-hmm. running a lot better. And, and that's the key in this business. The thing that's changed dramatically over the years is the ability to add more speed once you get to the track. You pretty much have what you bring to the track now. I mean, the the amount of leeway to make the car better is smaller than it used to be. So you better roll in with with a good piece on your on your hauler when you get here.
2: When you look further down the point standings, Doug, you, you look at some of the guys that are right now out of a playoff spot. You look at names like Casey Kane, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Austin Dillon, Matt Kenseth, uh, AJ Allmendinger. What are when you look down the standings? What are what's one of those names that kind of jumps out at you as a surprise uh, on the the lack of performance they've had here to start the season? Uh, Matt Kenseth.
0: I, I, I think Matt's a good driver, but Joe Gibbs is down a little bit this year for whatever mm. reason. They're not they're not running at the same level. I mean, we're seven races in. They haven't won. They haven't really been close to winning. Yeah. And Kansas is a very quality driver. That guy knows what he's doing. And so for him to be mired that far down, that's a little bit of a surprise on the negative for me. For Casey Kane, um, now he had not done anything for two years, so I'm not surprised he's down
2: there, <laughs> to be honest. With the, the with the Gibbs performance, how much do you think it's the the Camry and the new Camry body is that a factor, or do you think maybe some of the other teams have kind of caught up to them after they've had such a breakout year last year?
0: Well, you know, everybody's always working on their stuff to get better. Nobody nobody plays a pat hand. Of course, and I do think that the new rules, the lower downforce package, has affected that team more dramatically than maybe any other team. And they've had a hard time of figuring it out and how to make it work as well as some of the other teams. I really think that's a, you know, every time you make a big change like that, teams have to adapt. And they've had to adapt from a winning formula to a different formula, and they're not there yet.
2: Doug Rice joining us from the F- Performance Racing Network. We'll have the race courtesy of PRN today on WGR broadcast starts at one o'clock this afternoon. Doug, your uh, home track there, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. They had some news this week that their uh, playoff race in October is being moved to a Sunday afternoon race, which will uh, put them on network TV on NBC. What did you make uh, of that move? Uh, uh, was that a surprise, or were you hearing rumblings like that coming out of the Charlotte office leading up to the announcement?
0: I had heard people talking about this a little bit earlier since we're based there. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I'm fully for it. I just think I'm I'm kind of old school. I think stock car racing, big-time stock car racing, plays better in the daylight. Mm. I think for the fans that show up, it gives them more liberty to get home at a decent hour when the race is over. when you're ending races at 1130 and midnight, it's hard for people to get home in, in any kind of fashion. And I think that the stock cars put on a better show in the daytime than they do at night. The track's not as tight. They're looser. They're out there. uh, It's just better racing in the daylight, especially on these mile-and-a-half intermediate tracks like a Charlotte. Uh, So I'm all in favor of it. I think this is a, a, a great step in the right direction.
2: Do you think we should leave the the Saturday night races for maybe just the All-Star race and of course, you, of course you know you're being at Bristol the the, the night race in August and maybe the the uh, the Coke 400 at Daytona should those maybe only be the night races on the NASCAR schedule you think? Well,
0: I I think if you've got a half dozen that's plenty. Yeah. Everybody fell in love with the date with the nighttime races after Charlotte put in the lights and then, then all the other tracks started putting in lights. But what they found out was after a year or two of the drawing power of that, that, that fans were like, you know, I really would like to get home the same day I see the event. <laughs> and, and you can't do that with a night race unless you want to drive all night and get back home at four in the morning. And the action's just not as good. It's like I said, the, the cars, these, these cup cars like to race in the daylight because the track gets greasy the cars get loose it's a better show there's more passing and i think we've seen the high watermark for nighttime racing in nascar i think you're going to get down to about a half dozen a year and that's that's a, that's a good number that keeps it to be something special it got to where it wasn't anything special
2: doug uh what can uh, listeners here in wgr look forward to on your broadcast and on your pre-race show this afternoon
0: well, you know, we take a lot of pride in talking to a lot of drivers, if they're still here. Uh, I get a tabulation last week, last race that we did at Texas Motor Speedway. We interviewed 27 drivers in the pre-race show. Wow. Because, you know, all of these drivers have fans, and that's one of the things that we want to do. And we build in a lot of pre-recorded features that we find that are entertaining and try to be informative and you know that that pre-race show moves really quickly. That's that's over in about an hour, and then, you know, we go racing today. Um, frankly, I'm not real. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to race today. Yeah. I'll be really shocked if they race today.
2: Doug, not last a thing,
0: man, but I can look at a radar <laughs> when it's green from here to California. That's that's not saying a lot.
2: Yeah, uh, last thing before I let you go, Doug. I know you're a big music guy. You do a music show on, there on PRN. Yesterday was National Record Store Day. Did you did you get out after the Xfinity race there? Make any purchases?
0: You know, I didn't get to a record store here. Uh, my my sales manager did. He went and picked up a couple of. Uh, picture disc and some things and he immediately turned around and sold them on ebay but, <laughs> uh, i did i did go up the road there's a huge flea market here and there's a couple of guys up there that are, are vendors and i found a couple of gyms up there some things that i've been looking for that were in great condition I tell you, when you're when you're on the hunt for classic rock albums that are used you're buying stuff that's 40 years old uh a lot of people didn't really take such good care of them sure <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be careful
2: yeah, my, uh, my dad, he's got a, a good collection of 45s that he took care of. Uh, what's your What's your favorite record real quick? Knee-jerk question here.
0: Um, uh, Allman Brothers Band, anything they do, live at the Fillmore East or maybe Eat at Peach, those are two that I can listen to over and over and over again and never get tired of.
2: Well, Doug, unfortunately it sounds like you might have some time to listen to that this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the time this morning. Uh, have a great race day, whether it's today or tomorrow, and thanks for the time. We'll be listening here on WGR.
0: We appreciate your support. Thanks so much.
2: There is Doug Rice from the Performance Racing Network, and you'll hear more from him coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Regardless of the weather forecast, they'll at least jump on the air to say whether the race is on or not. As it uh, looks like on Twitter, looks like they might have a decision sometime between 12 and 12.30 today on whether uh, they're going to try and get it in today or just... Uh, fold up the tent and try again tomorrow. Uh, we get back, we'll continue our local racing season preview with Jen Martin from the Ransomville Speedway to talk about what's going on at the dirt at the Big R. That's coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. Hey race fans, It's Dave Buchanan for my friends at Batavia Downs Gaming. You need to discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination as they have over 800 of the hottest and in-demand video gaming machines with lots of great new titles. And they're adding new ones all the time over there at Batavia Downs. And now, of course, you can make it a night to remember by visiting one of their great restaurants. Or you can stay a night in their new hotel. And, of course, wager on live harness racing at Batavia Downs also. April is Rainmaker Month at Batavia Downs Gaming. They'll put one person each Saturday into their Rainmaker Cash Cube to win 2 uh, cash and free play uh, They've had some great events this month And for all of the great events at Batavia Downs Throughout the month of April uh, Check out their website BataviaDownsGaming.com As I mentioned, great restaurants at Batavia Downs One of those 34 Rush That's Thurman Thomas' Sports Bar Inside Batavia Downs You go in there, grab a bite to eat, grab yourself a drink Sit down, check out all the HD TVs They have there uh, Plenty of sports on to watch Hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, baseball Racing, of course, uh, both horse and auto racing. Uh, You can catch it all there at 34 Rush inside Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs Gaming is open daily, 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. off the thruway, exit number 48, right in Batavia. You can't miss it. For more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info on all promotions. And discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination. And tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. 11.35 11.35 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, debut cannon and WGR's Fast Track. The IndyCar Series in action today as well. They'll do it rain or shine, and they've had some rain where they're at. The Barber Motorsports Park in Alabama in the uh, Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon. You can catch it on NBCSN. And Penske sweeping the top three spots and qualifying with uh, Will Power, Elio Castroneves, and Simon Paginot. Your top three starters, Scott Dixon rolling off fourth, Ryan hunter Ray, fifth, James Hinchcliffe sixth, Joseph Newgarden, Mikhail Alosian, Max Chilton, and Tony Kanan rounding out the uh, top ten starters there for the IndyCar folks. And again, uh, the uh, race uh, going about three o'clock this afternoon for the uh, Verizon IndyCar series. What a... a I, I, was watching some of the practice on Friday, and that Barber Motorsports Park, what a fascinating, uh, gorgeous looking facility. Uh, the, and they were raving about it on the uh, the practice coverage from uh, IndyCar Radio that I was catching on Friday, just raving about how neat of a place it is too, and how well kept it is. So it's it's kind of a, a weird, you know, weird spot for IndyCar, Alabama. You know, obviously you think Alabama, NASCAR, Talladega, but uh, they have found a niche there, at least in that market. A, a, with a lot of IndyCar events, is they have they definitely get niche audiences in their markets where they race and apparently uh, they have found some success there uh, down in Alabama. Speaking of IndyCar 2, uh, Fernando Alonso, this happened uh, during the week leading up to Easter. Fernando Alonso announcing he's going to run the Indianapolis 500. Formula 1 driver uh, is going to actually miss the Grand Prix of Monaco and race Indianapolis 500. He and his McLaren team that he drives for in F1, they're teaming up with Andretti Autosport to field an Indy 500 entry. And Alonso is actually in Alabama today. Uh, getting acclimated to some of his teammates there at Andretti Autosports. so that was big news uh, during the week, uh, during last week. So I didn't get a chance to mention that either. Let's go to the AT and T hotline, though, and as we continue our local racing season preview, we bring in the new general manager of the Ransomville Speedway up in Niagara County, Jen Martin, is on the line. Jen, good morning.
1: Good morning, Dave. Thank you for having me.
2: No problem. First off, uh, congratulations. I know it's a be- been a few months, but congratulations on the new gig. And just how ha- has been your uh, start to your new position there at the Ransomville Speedway?
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm so excited. Um, it, it's been great. Um, Everybody has been so welcoming to me. Um, very helpful. You know, getting me acclimated into my new position. And um, there's just so much. Going on at the Speedway, that's exciting. You know, along you know, with me being in this position, there's so many other new awesome things going on at the Speedway. So,
2: now the season starts uh, this Friday night. Uh, test Testing, tune, and uh, practice uh, on tap for this Friday night. And of course, this is also year two uh, of the track being owned by the Atwall family. And. Last season they brought in some upgrades to the facility, most notably that big video screen in the infield. And uh, they have been busy once again this off season, Jen, uh, I know a lot of work has been done to the concourse area.
1: Oh my gosh, a brand new grandstand I' sorry brand new concession stand. Um, all the old buildings are gone, brand new concession stands. Um, with some new food items as well this year. we will have funnel cake. Ooh, we'll have corn dogs. Um, no more dollar bills. <laughs> every, you can just go right to the window and get it. And then most notably um, is the new bathrooms, uh, brand-new bathrooms, diaper-changing rooms in both of them, a handicap room in both of them, um, brand-new hand dryers, Every everything. The bathrooms have been totally gutted and redone. It's just wonderful, and um, we thank, you know, all the businesses, um, the Kubinick family. Um, we thank Parco Builders and um, everyone else that's been involved. So just thank you to everybody. It, it's great. I can't wait for everybody to see it.
2: Fried dough and corn dogs. Jenna, I'm trying to lose weight. This does not help with me uh, when I go to eat dinner on Fridays.
1: <laughs> well, we have to bring some more fun stuff in, even though people still don't <laughs> worry. The hot uh, flat dogs are still going to be there, the Italian sausage, and, of course, most notably our French fries. Nothing, none of that has changed. We're just adding some new items as all. Well.
2: Well, uh, it sounds like a great experience will be for the fans. And on track, looking at the schedule, there's a big, big, big addition to the 2017 Ransomville schedule, and that is the return of the Craftsman World of Outlaws, the greatest show on dirt, returns to the big, uh, big R for the first time in 20 years. Uh, was that was that something kind of on the uh, the the checklist of Parr Matwall when he took over the track to bring the Outlaws back to Ransomville?
1: Yes, that that's been one of his musts, um, and he actually. Um, headed that all up and and pretty much did that on his own. And, of course, I've been there to assist along the way, um, but he kind of locked the deal. Uh, that's going to be Sunday, July 23rd, green flag of 7 p.m. The Sportsman Cars will be running with them, and we're just so excited to have the World of Outlaws back. Um, actually, anybody you know following or watching, um, there will be an announcement from DIRT pretty soon. Um of, you know, our corporate sponsorship that we did get with them. So that's going to be announced really soon. So, you know, watch for details on that. And we may even be opening up some more um, VIP seating because it's going so, so well.
2: And actually, you've had tickets on sale for that event, I think, going back to January because if fans want to get in, they can buy their tickets now and lock down some reserve seating, correct?
1: That is absolutely correct. You've sold um, over a 1,000 reserve seats so far.
2: How much inventory is left for the reserve seats, which are the the top three rows of the grandstands? Is is there any left? Uh,
1: Last count, there was about 40 reserve seats left.
2: Okay, so uh supplies are running out. Uh what what do you expect? I mean, it's going to be a ch- uh, the the World of Outlaws, it, you know, as, as they call themselves the greatest show on dirt, you know, sprint car racing in general just is a huge draw at Ransomville. Uh what what do you, what do you expect that day is going to be like for the for for Ransomville Speedway? I,
1: I it's going to be huge. <laughs> um we it, I expect it to be standing room only um, between the pits and the grandstands i mean there's been so many people calling for months from all over states away countries away you know asking about camping and hotels and you know it's going to be so huge for Civil speedway and we're so excited to have the world of outlaws Um, we even have a couple local racers that are looking for rides um i know ryan susie is one who is looking um to compete with them guys and um i I, that'll be nice to see some of our local guys um racing with them guys Um, this year. So we're just so excited to be partnering with DIRT and having this World of Outlaws show.
2: Uh, You mentioned Ryan Soucy, of course, the two-time defending modified track champion, and and he's going to have some stout weekly competition once again in the modified ranks, Jen. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, Pete McNeil, uh, Chad Brockman is expected to be back on a weekly basis, and Eric Rudolph's got himself a new ride, too, to, to be back and run for another title.
1: That's correct. Scott Kerwin will be back as well. We have two rookies this year uh Jesse Cotras and Steve Lewis Jr um so i you know you got so many good guys in that class and and um we have right now 19 modified signed up so um we're just so excited and a couple more you know hopefully lingering in um, to want to participate with us at Ranceville this year as well.
2: Another division that's getting a a lot of rookie interest is the street stock division. Uh, You know, that division was kind of down for a couple of seasons, but it it finds it's, it's got a core group of guys that love to continue to support it. And looks like there's going to be a a handful of rookies joining that class this year as well.
1: Yeah. So far we have five rookies signed up, um, 20 street stocks overall signed up. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be another very competitive, fun class to watch um you know actually the highest class of the amount of rookies is a sportsman there are 25 guys signed up for the sportsman class and eight rookies um all of our classes are up 13 novice guys um we have 88 cars signed up overall um so far and i know a few guys reached out to me over the last few days about wanting to come up come up to see me this week and sign um up for racing too so the numbers are only going to get bigger
2: uh, Jen, uh, what else should we look forward to on the 2017 schedule? We mentioned the World of Outlaws show, but what are the other big dates fans should write down on their calendars?
1: Tuesday, August 8th is going to be our big black race with our Firemen, Grantsville Fireman's Chicken Barbecue. Uh, of course, we have the uh, Patriot Sprints coming back on June 2nd and August 25th. Um, new this year, uh, we do have a car show. Um, that's going to be a classic car show on Saturday, July 2nd. That's the day before the World of Outlaw race. And that Friday um, is actually our 60th anniversary this year. So we're going to have a 60th anniversary celebration. We're going to bring back all the past champions. Um, of course, our um, investors, services, King of the Hill weekend, September 15th and 16th. Um, and then new we're just adding in this year is May 26th. Um, we are doing a Veterans uh, Appreciation of Veterans Day. So any veterans will get in for free on May twenty-sixth with ID, of course.
2: And there are two WGR five hundred and fifty nights on the schedule.
1: Oh, how could I forget? Of course, (laughs) those. And we're excited to have you guys back as well.
2: That is uh, June sixteenth and September eighth. Well, Jen, uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to get back, uh, be up in the booth with my pal Rick Mooney this Friday night and uh, call some dirt racing action. Best of luck for this season, and uh, we'll see you very soon.
1: All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you Friday. Have a great
2: day. All right. Jen Martin from the Ransomville Speedway. For more information, ransomvillespeedway.com. Uh, they're on Facebook, too, and uh, on Twitter, uh, at Ransomville. And in case you missed it again, about she says only about 40 reserve seats left. Uh, you can buy those online. Uh, go to the Ransomville website and click the link they have to uh, buy tickets because uh, the reserve seats are are uh, almost gone, and uh, reserve seating and general admission are, are the same price, actually, so you might as well just uh, get those reserve seats so you can sit in the top three rows of the grandstands instead of having to uh, stake out some territory when you get to the track uh, on July 23rd. Since it is local racing season, when we get back here in Fast Track, we'll close out the show with the return of the local racing roundup. We've got some race results to talk about, and we got time to take your phone call still to Eight zero three zero five fifty one. 888-552-550. Local race fans, if you had a chance to get to a track this weekend... I'd love to hear your thoughts on on getting back to the races or what you're looking forward to on the local racing schedule here in 2017. Lots of of great events uh, upcoming this summer. We'll get back with that here when we wrap up Fast Track on WGR.
0: Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast
2: Track. Ah, yes, the return of a show staple, the local racing roundup. And we did see some action yesterday. Lancaster National Speedway kicking off their 59th season of racing. In the Sportsman, John Barber was awarded the official win after Patrick Emmerling uh, was disqualified in post-race tech inspection. Illegal legal carburetor is what I was told. So Barber got credit for the win. Owen Bednaz picked up a career-best second-place finish. George Score rounded out the top three. In the Street Stocks, Nick Welshins got a lucky break thanks to a lap car on the final lap, and he scored his first career Lancaster win in the Street Stocks. Jason Anashevitz got his first career win in the four-cylinders. And Andy Nye picked up the win in the uh, NYPA TQ Midgets. The other r- local racing action from last night, the Merrittville Speedway, they kicked off their season, and they uh, had their big sprint and modified show like they always do to start the year. And the sportsman, Paul Gabori, picked up the win. Jason Barney got the win in the Patriots Sprint Tour event over Chris Steele, Corey Turner, Jake Brown, and Bobby Breen. I see Todd Hoddock back behind the wheel of a sports car. He finished 14th last night. Uh, Mod Lights, Josh Schleider picked up the win. And in the 358 modifieds, Tim Jones made a late race pass of Matt Williamson to score the opening day win at the uh, Merrittville Speedway. Coming up this week, the Race of Champions modified series. Uh, they kick off their season uh, this coming Saturday at Lancaster. Two o'clock start uh, for the first race of the year for the Race of Champions modified series. Uh, the fans in the stands, 75 for the ROC modifieds. So uh, that'll be at two o'clock on Saturday. At Lancaster, also, as we said with uh, when we were talking with Jen Martin, Ransomville kicks off their season this Friday night, too, um, with the time trials and uh, practice to uh, set the starting lineups for opening day at the Big R, which will be the following Friday. And uh, I do my best to, to try and get results of tracks, whether that it gets sent to me via email from PR people at the racetrack or if I can find it. Uh, when I get here in the morning on Facebook or on the Internet somewhere. Uh, But if you don't hear your favorite track mentioned, uh, please feel free to uh, um, either get to me on social media, and I will look into it or or talk to your folks at your favorite track, see if they can uh, get a hold of me as well, too, and we'll make sure they get their results uh, on the air today. Uh, Still no word uh, out of Bristol um, uh, if the race is a go today or not as, uh, again, uh, possibly within the 12 o'clock hour. I'm assu- I'm assuming we'll have some kind of answer when uh, PRN comes on the air at 1 o'clock today, um, whether uh, they're going to attempt to even try and get things in or if it's going to be a no-go uh, for this afternoon. Uh, the folks at NHRA, they're also in action this weekend, too. They're down in uh, Texas, uh, the Houston area, Royal Purple Raceway for the uh, Spring Nationals, uh, number one qualifiers. Uh, uh, in Top Fuel was Clay Milliken, Courtney Force in Nitro Funny Car, and Jeg Coughlin was uh, the number 1 qualifier in Pro Stock. And so they have uh, eliminations this afternoon uh, at the Royal Purple Raceway down, I believe that's near Houston, uh, for the next event on the uh, NHRA Metal Yellow uh, Drag Racing Series. Funny uh, case of, of fake news in the racing world this week, too. Matt Kenseth was scheduled to make a... Uh, a, 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 a hold a press conference or, or his team was to make an announcement this week at the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame and some fake news site or something had this story going out that he was going to retire and that Carl Edwards was going to take over the, the 20 car for the rest of the season. And that was quickly debunked by uh, anybody, anybody and everybody. It was quickly it was very obvious that it was not; it was a fake news story and not true. But that caused a little bit of controversy. And I, I know Matt had a, a clever comment for the for whoever created that story during the press conference. It turned out uh, he was just announcing a new sponsorship they had with uh, Circle K convenience stores. I think it think it was a six race deal. Uh, great looking car, great looking paint scheme, by the way. As uh, the twenty team, they've been kind of scrambling for sponsorship this year, trying to fill the void left by Dollar General, that was kind of one of their major sponsors. Uh, on that car for the last couple of seasons. They pulled out after last season. So they've been trying to uh, fill the holes left by Dollar General sponsorship departure. I know they brought back Tide for a couple races this year and uh, they're just kind of looking to tighten things up uh, on the 20 team. Uh, we were talking about Doug Rice, talking to Doug Rice about Charlotte Motor Speedway too. And we had him on the, earlier this morning. Uh, if you didn't catch it, uh, NASCAR announcing this week that they've moved the October uh, race at Charlotte, the playoff race, has been traditionally a Saturday night race that, you know, usually like the second weekend in October. That got moved to a Sunday afternoon race, uh, which A moves it off of NBC SN, puts it on NBC, but of course also moves it to a Sunday afternoon time, uh, time slot, which puts it up head to head against uh, the NFL games. But uh, I think uh, the folks in Charlotte looking more at ticket sales versus TV ratings with that move uh, is more likely to draw more fans, I guess. And also, uh, you know, get them a chance though to be on broadcast network television on NBC and that just the switch from NBCSN to NBC, even though it's a Sunday afternoon, uh, show against the NFL, that'll still probably help the ratings either possibly, uh, with the, the NBC putting on the NBC network much, um, uh, much more accessible, uh, broadcast partner. But, uh, an interesting move by NASCAR because it's not, often do they make a schedule change like that in the middle of a season you know it, I, I don't know I, I can't say unprecedented but uh, you know, but outside of weather delays you know that is one of the few times i can remember where a, a nascar race date has been moved in season like that a whole moving it back a whole nother day uh do have breaking news the nascar race has been postponed Uh, That coming down just now on Twitter. So that will be at 1 o'clock tomorrow on Fox. So uh, don't bother trying to watch today uh, because it won't be on. So uh, you'll have to either call in sick to work tomorrow tomorrow, or, you know, get that that, uh, Fox Sports Go app on your phone and watch the race at work tomorrow because that's when the Food City 500 will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So unfortunately, sad news here to close out the program. Uh, But – uh, unfortunately, uh, no NASCAR race today, but you got an indie IndyCar car to look forward to, so you still have some racing viewing options. We'll be back next week. NASCAR heads to uh, Richmond and uh, local more local racing to talk about as well, too. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on Fast Track on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.